Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Noah Starnak have announcement officially. Maybe it's just a rumor. Who knows? So we soldier on with the Antomarche and DSM combined preview going through their 2022 season what to expect from 2023 transfers and yeah just our general outlook for those teams because dsm maybe have some bleak uh bleak waters ahead but as always this show is brought to you by zwift the zwift hub is available the best priced trainer on the market according to dc rainmaker who probably the most authoritative reviewer uh, of these sort of tech products he said it's a product that that's well above every other trainer in that price ballpark which is under 500 dollars us and it is available in the uk the us and Europe. So if you want to get on top of your New Year's resolutions, there's no better time than now. Check out the Zwift Hub. If you haven't got a trainer, that will allow you to hop on Zwift, hop on, hop in a lot easier. And you can, yeah, choose which cassette. It's easy to set up. There's YouTube videos attached. It's never been easier to train indoors on Zwift with the Zwift Hub. But Antamarche Benji, now to be called. Antamarche Circus Wanti. So we have lost a few syllables, not enough, <laughs> in my opinion. How are you rating their 2022 24 wins? I think the team had a wonderful year. Definitely performed, overperformed in certain races. And that's mainly in like the classic season. We were speaking so much about Antamarche doing better than expected. And Roubaix was the highlight of that, I think, where Tom de Vrind also performed really well. And I think, um, was it Adrien Petit that was also strong? Fourth and sixth, Paris Roubaix, yes, indeed. So those two riders really strong there. At LBL, Quinton Hermans getting second. Uh, so let's be honest about it. This team was just performing left and right. Binyam winning against Wevelgem is definitely the victory that we remember the most from the Classics because they didn't win the other Classics, obviously. But Christoph also winning Schelderprijs. I think... Kent Wevelgem, Binyam was kind of like the opening of Binyam's pro- continued progression. And then people were super hyped about him towards the Giro and so forth, where he once again performed, where he once again took a stage win, fought against Van der Poel in one of the earliest stages as well. In, uh, was it Visegrad on the first stage? Jan Hirt, one of the older guys in the team, got a stage win at the Giro. Also performed really well together with Tarame at the Saudi Tour. Was it Saudi Tour? Tour of Oman. Green Mountain. Oh, true. Close enough. <laughs> then uh, we've got Pozzo Vivo in the team. And I swear Pozzo Vivo got like eighth at the Giro, but I swear he would have gotten higher up if he didn't crash in that descent where Nibli tried something. I don't remember which descent it was, but Nibli had this small, like, small attack and I got super hyped. 
And then Podzoviva was the only rider that was following him. And then Podzoviva crashed because everybody knows that if you follow Nibali in the descent, then there's about a 50% chance that you crash out your GC. And Podzo lost quite a bit of positions in GC that day. So 6th and 8th at the Giro with Hirt and Podzoviva. That's once again rather strong. Then Tour de France comes around. Louis Mankies, 7th at the Tour de France. Nearly won on Albues. He had uh, just Tom Pitcock to... Uh, to beat, but that did not happen. And Louis Mankis then wins a stage at the Vuelta, but only gets 11th at the Vuelta. What do you think is um? What do you think is the most important thing they've achieved this year? What result is the most important one? Ah, oh, has to be Ken Favelham, especially his uh, Belgian team. So yeah, that's really important. You take that over a, a Giro or Vuelta stage win, probably all the Grand Tour stage wins combined, because none of them are a Tour de France stage win. Probably just the the performance across the board. I think the big difference is that they have so many riders performing. They have won races with Binium, Hirt, Christoph, Tyson, Pasqualon, Menkes, Taco, Tarame, Bacalance, even won a stage of Volony, uh, Rota. So... Hermans really spread across the board winning yeah. these races and throughout the year. So that's that means they're doing something right in their training, in their setup. I think the bike's probably underrated. The TT bike's not. It's, it's not very good, I don't think. But <laughs> um, obviously the climbing bike and sprinting, also, it's, it's fine. Who's going to do the TTs in the steam anyway? Binyam's terrible at them. Mate, you see Jan here... His UAE Tour TT was, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it because um, I thought he was going to win UAE Tour after Tour of Oman and then the TT is like, Jesus, you can, you do eight walls per kill in her feet. You're not making that time back up. Um, but yeah, the we've said all those positive things and it has been a great season. But Quinton Hermans has gone to Alperson. Jan Heert's gone to Quickstep as Remco's domestique. Pozzo yeah. is not confirmed to have re-signed anywhere. Binium's on a long-term extension, their most valuable rider. Christoph's gone to Uno X. That's three and a half of their top riders out the door. And who have they got coming in? Rui Costa on a one-year... Um, uh, Mike Turnison from Yumbo, Carmesan, Dion Smith, Arne Marit, Herrhots, Mattis Mickles, Lawrence Rex, Tom Paco from Bingal, Dries Depota. Do you think they have replaced all those riders or have the potential to? I don't think they have replaced all those riders. I am not certain about replace the potential of those riders because... Christoph is a big point scorer. Like, he doesn't win every single day throughout the season, but he wins Geldeprey still. But outside of that, just consistent point scoring. And when we look at the guys that they signed, maybe Turnison can try and replace that if he rides the same schedule, which I'm not certain about. But then again, Antermarche is pretty decent when it comes to choosing the schedule, I guess, except for the second half of the season of Binyam, which I would have done slightly differently. But Rucosta, for example, that one year, I don't mind that because it's a one-year. Let's say it's a three-year, I'd say, oh, big trouble. But Rukashta on a one-year, I think he can be helpful both as a domestique and might even go for a stage somewhere still. So I think that's still valuable. 
I'm more asking myself why with the likes of a Kalmajan, he's not the older rider in the team. It's not the oldest rider they signed, Kalmajan. He's actually only 30, which is rather young compared to the other old guys that they signed. And he's the kind of rider that performed really well three, four years ago when he was on Total Energy, uh, when it was Direct Energy back in the day, with that, that Tour de France stage where he was about to win and then he started cramping and I'm not even certain if he still won that race or not. Ah, the memories of Karl Jean at Direct Energy, those were the days. But now he's kind of just top 10 in Coupe de France races, which is not necessarily what this team is looking for unless they are. Are they looking in Calmejon at someone who can just consistently score points at these 1.1 Coupe de France races, or do they expect more from him? I think they want to do what they did with Hit and Tarame and give yeah. him a second career at Intermarche after some years in the wilderness. And so if he's not on huge money, I mean, he does have the Tour de France uh, stage on his Palmares, then uh, it's not too bad, is it? But it depends on the money. Um, Turnison, it makes sense because yep. he wasn't going to get any like leadership opportunities at Jumbo Visma. Their classic squad's ridiculous. Maybe at Roubaix, he can get in the break mm-hmm. like he did this year. But that makes a lot of sense. He's got a sprint on him. He can score a lot of points. Dion Smith as well, who is older than I thought, but he's come top 10 in Milano San Remo. I, again, think he's just another fast guy like Arna Maris. Rune Herohotz should have been signed by Quickstep instead of someone like Tim Merlier. But, um, yeah, Intermarche are picking up the, the Sport Vlandering guys now. It's kind of surprising. Dries is quite good too from Hagen's. The one I really, really, really like is Mattis Mickles from uh, Team Ampler Tartu. He's 19 years old. Now, if you were following the relegation battle really, really closely, you would have watched the grainy footage of Tour of Estonia where uh, Bike Exchange went there hunting points <laughs> desperately. Uh, also, I think because uh, Kanga tried to convince them to go. Anyway, <laughs> Mikkels destroyed Caden Groves on this uphill false flat drag, like gapped him. Complete, put time into him. Ridiculous finish. He's 19. He came fourth at Worlds, sixth at Grand Piemonte. If you look at the next two years, I don't like how short the contract is, two years. Yeah. Um, if you look at the next two years, he's not going to be as good as Christoph next year probably. But in 2024, I don't know. I'm really high on this guy. Like, if he was from an, another country, he'd be on a, be on a three-year deal at Quickstep or whatever. He's a beast, and I think he's ready to perform at those Dot Pro one one-day races already and and win them. Exactly, but you say when it comes to the contract, you don't like that it's two years for Anton Marche. That is because for Marcus yeah. Mikkels, that is perfect. Eh? Once he yeah. reaches his potential <laughs> in 2024, then he's like, I'll rack in the money. What offers are coming yep. my way? Then he's going to choose. And that's perfect for him. They've got quite a few riders similar in the sense that he's a strong, talented, versatile, sprinty guy. Let, let's see that as his, his category right now. But then we look at the team they already have. We've got Kevin Tyson, who's probably their highest rater flat sprinter together with Binyam right now. And then they've also got the likes of that Dion Smith that is coming in that also has that versatile sprint in him but hasn't really performed the way that I expect the Mardis Mikkels will perform. Then Hugo Page 
is he's the guy that got slapped twice by Milano. Uh, that's what he's known for now. But he's actually a pretty versatile, sprinty guy as well. Whether he will break through is not known at all. But I did hear some rumors that he's doing pretty good at the training and camp. He's like 21, and right? Yeah, he's really young still as well. So Mike Turnison, also a versatile, sprinty guy. They're racking these guys up, and that's where I'm like, where are they going to send these guys? Where are they going to send the Marty's Mikkels and Mike Turnison and so forth? And Mike Turnison's obvious, right? With the cobble team, with Binyam and so forth, yeah. he's definitely fitting in that team. And we've seen these cobble races go towards a dynamic where teams are super important, having a stronger team, because otherwise the leader has to respond to everything. And with Turnison in the team, Binyam doesn't have to respond to every attack. Turnison can go up the road and so forth, put Binyam in a better position. Dynamics there. Binyam is still the higher up, in my opinion. Turnison, the secondary leader. I'd still say leader because we've seen the Vrinden petit top six Paris Roubaix. So let, let's be honest about it. Turnison can also do that. <laughs> yeah. I think Mikkels will be as good as Binny in 24, maybe better. Okay. Um, I think. Flat sprints or just overall rider. I think he's the one. Um, he got a lot of positioning problems, crash problems. Um, I don't think he's put it together. He hasn't put it together in pure bunch sprints yet uh, for that reason. And Mickles looks the real deal. So he's a fantastic signing. But as, yeah, as we said, once he's 21, gets a couple of World Tour wins, I'd be coming with a big contract. And then you could lose him. That's why you sign him for, if there's not much interest, put him on a four-year. Because, like, yeah, but... he, he's – what's the downside? He's not going to go from sixth at Grand Piemonte as a teenager to a complete washed, useless rider. Exactly, but there's also the aspect of, like, if he's going to sign that four-year deal, if he knows that he might be, get I reckon a he better would, yeah. contract elsewhere in two years. Oh, okay. But, like, you spoke about Binyamin, his sprinting capabilities, and Mikkels closing that down and so forth, and as an overall rider coming closer, but – for Binyam, I'm not looking at the sprint, the pure sprints. Like, sorry for, but for Binyam, the pure sprints, I don't care. Like, whether he does them or doesn't do them like Vanderpool, I don't care. I'm more looking at his chances to win an RVV and so forth in the future. And I think his team is not necessarily strong enough to be able to put him in situations that he can win those races yet, because he had to do a lot last year alone. But maybe with a turn into an extra, that might increase his chances a tiny bit. But I still think it's going to be very different very difficult to do it or or do you feel like he can do it in a similar way where Kuyen and Maduwas were both there last year when it comes to Grupama for example two riders can Mike Tunison and Binyam have such a dynamic as well or is that not expected I think so RVVs I don't see Turnison making it over Quarmont yeah. when the big boys slap it in RVV yeah. I just Group don't ahead. see that he has to be ahead, yeah. Has to be ahead. Um, can he and other guys pull things back and make it? Yeah, probably. Um, Trista Potter, I think, is a nice rider. I think he might surprise next year straight away. He's only 20 years old. Um, but, yeah, it's not that deep. It's experienced, but there's not that, like, class of... Like, Pog has Trenton pulling things back purely as a domestique. Vanderpool yeah. now has Quinton Hermans, Sören uh, mm. Kra, Ineos have got six strong guys, Jumbo Visma have Laporte, 
Banot, Banart, Bambala, Tratnik. Like it's it's tough. And so Binny will get worked. I, I just don't think it's any avoiding it. Now on to Rini Hergolds for a second. It's a guy that is strong when it comes to time trial. We see that this team is pretty much terrible at time trialing. Or even when it comes to the setup is not ideal when it comes to time trial. So is it a mistake from him to go to enter Marche nah, for its time perfect. trials? Or will he get other opportunities in other races like the breakaway stage in Valenciana, for example? What area do you see him going to? Oh, I mean, what World Tour time trial is he winning anyway? Like, That's true. If Kung can't win one, then I don't think he will. Uh, I'm surprised Quickstep didn't get him. He's yeah. the classic cheap rider they used to sign at 24. Wasn't wasn't Lampart Rune Herrholtz? Wasn't that who he was? Like a 24-year-old on mm. Top Sport who got Did signed? Lampart not win Dwarsdorf Vlaanderen at Top Sport before he got signed? I think he had classics real. I'm not sure. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a nice signing. You'll see him in the break. What I... It's what you mentioned, though. Yeah, he'll be, he's like Taco. He's going to be Taco's little understudy, um, I think. <laughs> but And he'll try and progress to winning Grand Tour stages like Taco has. But yeah. you mentioned it. What I didn't really like was the Bonifacio signing, 29. It's like how many Conti sprinters do you actually need? Like, I think you can take a climber like Karmajar. He's a different style of rider. You can target different stages. You're not overloaded in the climbing department. But Bonifacio, is he a lead out for Herbin Thaisen? Like, what's his role? Because he just is yep. another. Like, he's not. Intermarche aren't so spectacular that they can take a misc sprinter who hasn't been performing for Total and make him suddenly winning Tour de France stages. Pretty good, doesn't yep. it? Because. If they can do that, then that's unbelievable. What, you know, why wouldn't they sign someone like Axel Laurence, who went to Alperson's dev team? Maybe he just wanted to go to Alperson. What do you think about Laurence going to his dev team? By the way, because we already had the Alperson preview. Yeah, I was surprised because wasn't it that seventeen World Tour teams all wanted to sign him, and then he gets yeah. stashed at a at the dev team? At Conti level, which means, of course, he will do. He can do all the dot pro races with the World Tour team, like Casper um, Van Uden for DSM or Conchi last year at Alpecin. Yeah, yeah, Conchi. But why would you do that if you were Axel Laurence? Yeah, but also there's the well, there's the aspect that I'd argue that Alpecin is probably a lot more attractive than a lot of other teams for multiple reasons. Starting off with the fact that the management actually knows the rules <laughs> in terms of like uh, relegation and so forth, that kind of stuff. But also the rules when it comes to being able to stash a guy on their dev team and then sign him the next year, for example. I think a lot of Walter teams would be like not looking into that. But then again, there's also the aspect of is this exploiting the system by stashing a rider that is clearly good enough for a World Tour team in their dev team, I'd argue that I blame the UCI for allowing such exploitable rules to exist in the first place. I mean, you got to get credit for having a dev team. Like, yep. Ineos can't do it. Um, and Intermarche can't do it because they don't have dev teams. So I guess it's a benefit for Will stumping they? up the cash. 
Will any of us I have remember one? that I remember that Anton Maché is going to have one with Kevin Von Melsen or something, or was that a junior team? I'm not sure. Uh, with Kevin Von Melsen, who retires and becomes the team leader of that team. So I'm not sure if that was a U23 or a junior team. So I have to check that out after recording yeah. this podcast. But when it comes to Ineos, can't they not just have like an agreement with... No, nah, they can't, they? No, they can't. The same thing. But then they can't ride with the team yeah. in the dog Exactly. Pros. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. People, uh, maybe Laurence just really, really wanted to go to Alperson. I'm not sure. Maybe he didn't have better offers. Who knows? Cobble Classics we mentioned. Hill Classics is looking pretty light. Herman's is out. Does Binny have to skip opening weekend and peak for E3 RVV Amstel? I I think he might ride. It depends on his results in the Cobble Classics as well, I think. If he has like... If he randomly shows up and wins RVV, I don't think he's going to step up and still ride Amstel. And so I think he's going to go celebrate. But if the performances aren't necessarily re- resulting in actual achievements so far, then I think he should ride an Amstel because it definitely fits him. I think LBL, he doesn't need to do. Flesh, he doesn't need to do. So is it that much longer of a peak to do Amstel? Depends where it is because they mix it, move it around a little bit. But I, I think he has to do Amstel because the team's looking pretty light. Like who are there? Is it Lorenzo Rota, Rui Costa? Yeah. Um, Patelli, it's not the best. Taco, maybe I don't know. It's George Zimmerman. I expected him to be a little bit better this year. It's not the the flashiest uh, hill team, but listen, teams with these budgets, it's unrealistic to expect them to be stacked in every single category. Yeah. Of course, they're going to be strong in some areas and weaker in other areas. That's where they're a little bit weaker. Giro d'Italia, heavy in the TT. I reckon I reckon they'll just go for top 10 in GC again and maybe a stage with Taco or Roto will have to do it because he's Italian. Who else is yep. Italian and here? Bonifacio. <laughs> Potentially Pozzo if they re-sign him. Yeah. They have spots left to re-sign him, by the way. They've they got do. a total of 29. They do, yeah. By the way, I need to check if they have enough youngsters. They do because Deperter and Nichols. Yep, they got another spot open. Did we mention Zimmerman for the for the Hill Classics? Because yeah. I feel like he was top fifteen at Montreal and so forth, so it definitely fits in those races. But well, one of the sprinters has to go to the Giro, eh? Because like, if you've got ten sprinters, one of them has to go, and it's kind of it's a rather versatile sprinting parkour. If my memory serves me right, while the Tour is more the flatter sprints, do you see them perhaps? Michels. I don't know. Michels? <laughs> I know Send you want him there. <laughs> Send him. Give him a lead out on those misc stages. I don't know. Maybe he's not that good. It depends. It's six months from now and he's 19 years old. Like He could improve quite a lot. But yeah, none of the other sprinters really jumping out at me as like a clear sort of nailed-on sprinter. I would probably Kermit send. Tyson. Yeah, I think Tyson's their best sprinter because um, he, he's Binyam is going to the Tour. Let's be honest about yeah. it. Binyam is going yeah. to the Tour de France. Turnison, on paper, fits on those Giro Hillier sprints. No, nah, but he's got classics, but right? I think exactly classics and support in the Tour de France seems yeah. to be more likely the outcome for him. Is what I would say. 
Yeah. And Maris Mikkels, I think they might send to the Vuelta. But then again, Hugo Page is floating around somewhere, hoping he gets a shot somewhere. So, I don't know. I, f- I think Hugo Page might be more the guy that they that they send to those Coupe de France races for now and see how he tries to clean those for now. I think he's... Hugo Page was quite good in the Dauphiné. He might be good. In the, it, all these guys are kind of versatile sprinters without that yep. huge kick. Christoph was just a little bit above, you know, all these guys apart from maybe Tyson. Uh, Arna Marit, oh, no, I'm not putting myself into Arna Marit. He's like fine, but um, I think he'll just do the local calendar, to be honest. Mate, yeah, Giro, mate it'll be interesting. You want the sliding sprays? Put the Capellan at the end of the season, bro. This is nat next to it which means it shouldn't be on pcs in my opinion um <laughs> Mankies will solo try top 10 gc at the tour i think he will uh the giro yep. tarame will go for a stage with tyson we think classics we already spoke about binny and turnison hill's a bit weak maybe i'll try extend binny's season binny has to be targeting yellow right can he take yep. yellow? Can he get over Hayeskabel? Yep. Uh, and where do you think he can compete with Pog, Van der Poel, Van Aert, Alaphilippe on that first little uphill finish? Yeah, I think he can compete there. I think he can get over that. It depends on how good Alaphilippe is. If Alaphilippe is in his um, Lander no form, then everybody might have trouble following him. Yeah. But... If he's if Alaphilippe's in the shape that Lefebvre says he's in, then he gets dropped on. Um, no, it's not high school. It's high school. It's the next stage. It's Cote de Piquet's the yeah. first stage. Uh, that's two Ks, ten percent. Binny, yeah. that should be a piece of cake for Binny unless they really slap it. And same with the next stage. So he's got two chances, real chances, to win a Tour de France stage. Um, in the first couple of stages. With Turnison's a good lead out. Remember, Mike Turnison led out Wout van Aert a year and a half ago on the Champs Elysees to beat Cav um, yep. on his own with no help. And he's gotten over to Pajo before, but you say if people smash it on the Outer Quartermont, then RVV he can't follow, but can he follow if they smash it on a 2K 10% climb then? PK, I think. He say he gets dropped by five seconds, it's gonna be fucking strung out and stressful. They will be slapping it into the base of the next. So he will yeah. functionally, he will not be able to make it up in time to then provide much help. I don't think for Benny. Uh, the yeah. next stage, he should get over the Hayeska Bell, and then there's a, a longer period of time to yeah. get to the front, just longer descent to help Pedersen as well, who's doing um, trek of decided. They've gone from both underrating Pedersen to now making him win every single World Tour race that they attend <laughs> next year. He's doing what? Classics, Giro Tour. So Vanderpool did that. Worlds. Worked out well. And Worlds, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he apparently, should be good for those first few stages too. Apparently they're cherry picking certain classics to go to. So then I'm guessing he's not going to the opening weekend, which improves it a tiny bit more, but it's still okay. quite a bit of work. I think Roubaix is going to be the most important one for him. Yeah. Then again, I think RVV should also work in the form that he is in at a Vuelta, for example. The man was climbing yeah. significantly stronger than I think a lot of people would expect. 
So yeah, that'll be Binny's one of the big, big team goals for the year. Yep. I think is is the opening few stages, or win, winning a tour stage with Binny, and then Vuelta will be you know who knows a mix. They've never done it. Winning, winning a tour, tour stage. stage. BMC did. If we, are we counting the BMC wins? Well, of course, we're not counting BMC. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a different team, but they took the same, the same license. license. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did CCC win one? Probably not. No. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, oh. Okay. That's a that's a big goal. Um, that'll be huge publicity if it does happen. And I think they're going to stay on top of the points because you never know what could happen. Benny could crash or something bad could happen. I think they're going to stay on top of not maybe sprinting with two guys, but you look at the construction of this team, you look at the calendar they're going to send them to, they are going to score points. And there's no better year than the first year to score those points to save yep. a mad rush in 2025. Speaking, any last thoughts on Intermarche, Benji, before I continue on relegation? No, just pretty straightforward, I think. Um, yeah. Vinny going for Classics Tour as their most important rider in the team, in my opinion. And I think they still have those excessive amount of sprinters because they still want to score points in those one one races throughout the season and i hope that we see a good season from a Herbin tyson from a hugo page maris mickles making a step forward just all those riders and let's see if it works the getting the old guys in like rukosta and seeing if they can revitalize their career a tiny bit for at least a single year at Antomarche. but hey i'm hyped about it it was one of the most overperforming teams compared to budget in 2022 and let's see if they can kick that again in 2023 but I think it's got to be hard to do as good in 2023 than in 2022. Yeah, I think they might have a little bit of bounce back to earth because that's just how it is. Uh, 22 wins is tough with that many World Tour wins, but hopefully they do. On to now a team that should be quite worried about relegation at the end of the next triennium cycle, Team DSM, who, along with Astana, were one of the bottom two teams in World Tour this year, despite Bardet being in quite good shape. They won 10 races, and they did focus a lot on World Tour-level races. Uh, five of them were at World Tour-level, including a Giro and a Vuelta stage, and the rest were at Dot Pro. So they weren't farming uh, 1.1s, etc. and Bardet was looking really good at the Giro before he had to abandon and admirably backed up at the Tour de France with a sixth, which I think is quite good for, you know, having to yeah. abandon the Giro six to seven weeks before. But it still wasn't good, Benji. Um, it's still it's still a far cry from DSM 2018. Yeah, for certain, and even 2020 when it comes to Hershey, like yeah. those results and so forth. If we look at last year, for example, it was very similar to this year. I'd say they basically stagnated compared to last year because last year they did have more stage wins at the Vuelta. They didn't have that Giro stage win, but instead they now have a sixth at the Tour de France and would have potentially fought for a podium at the Giro if Bardet didn't get six. So I'd argue that maybe it's a... One two percent better than last year. Their world tour performances, and when we look at like the classic sense of all, they didn't perform last year in those, and this year it was quite troublesome again to do so. It's it's logical when you look at this team that they're not going to be winning the the cobble races in the year. 
but they made it a bit harder for them as well with the way they acted with um with Sonokura Anderson, for example, because I swear he was first supposed to skip the cobble races after having a great Milano Sanremo, by the way. Strongest attacker on the Poggio was Sonokura Anderson. Pogacar did it 10 times, but Sonokura Anderson's move on the steep section was the one that really put people in trouble. Now, back to what I was saying. They had Sonokura Anderson skip the cobble races to do the hill classics, but then last minute they said, oh, you can still ride RVV, which is good because he was supposed to ride RVV based on the fact that he was strong at MSR. And then he last minute got ill just before RVV, so that's, of course, a bummer. But then he ended up doing the Hill Classics, and I swear he didn't do anything in the Hill Classics if my, if my mind remembers the results correctly. So that was off the table. 50th can do him, though. Was he attacking from the peloton behind the group Laporte Binion? Like, last I minute? I think so. <laughs> he must quite have, a, yeah. Quite a notable way to get 50th can do him, to be honest. Well, it's like his Clever. second at San Remo the year before. Oh, no, he didn't come it, second. It's clever because the domestiques of the likes of Alpecin were completely done for. Merlier was not riding yeah. for Phillips and Phillips and not for Merlier. So all the domestiques of all the sprinting teams were kind of done. So it was a very clever move to attack then to secure that fifth position. And you can get as close as you want uh, from that point on, depending on how slow the front group goes, of course. But next to that, you've got some results in the smaller cobble slash Belgian races because this race doesn't really have many cobbles. Wellsford and Van Uden getting third in Fulf and Scheldepreis, which was a really hard Tell the prize when it comes to the weather and so forth. The one Christoph won. When it comes to the likes of a, a Wellsford and a Van Uden, Van Uden is a, a guy that was riding at a, as a stagiaire for the team, or did he He's on the sign dev off team, the year? And then they brought him up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's kind of a versatile, sprinty type, right? Yeah, just like a classics prospect. Really nice rider. Um, they got a lot of... That's the thing. They got a lot of really nice sort of prospects but they don't have they have one gc rider and what's rome by day 10th best gc rider in the world like yeah that sort of region um as of now they don't really have a premier they don't have a top 10 sprinter in the world Wellsford's, you know, a nice rider, but he's not a top 10 sprinter in the world. They don't have a top 15 or 20 classics rider in the world, to put it nicely. In the Ardennes, Bardet's their best. So it's just like, like we said for Intermarche, you can be strong in some, weak in others. You don't need to have a top 10 rider yeah. in each category, but they don't really have any in anything. The thing is, we need to go back to the concept of DC, DSM for a second. We know that DSM is a team that has a lot of youngsters right now. They've had a lot of youngsters in the past. And they started signing now the older riders like a Dagen Kolb and a Bardet to try and get results there as well. But we noticed that the youngsters join the team through their development team. And by the time they reach their potential, they are leaving the team. It happened to Hirschi and so forth, to plenty of others in the team. And I fear that it's going to be the same for most of the youngsters in this team. The second they reach their potential is when they part ways with the team because they feel like they don't have as many opportunities anymore. And that's why DSM is often seen as the development team with a development team because they have development riders coming from their development team to their team to basically when the second that they reach their potential, go to other teams. So that is their main issue, I think, when it comes to 
reaching their potential as a team as well. Because if all your good riders, the second they become good, leave your team, then you're never going to be very competitive at the highest level, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting that, like, we're always, you know, some of the teams are not very scientific or not as scientific as you might expect. And then you've got DSM at the other end of the spectrum who seem to like, they have sports scientists, they have people doing measurements, they have, you know, trying to do things in a scientific way. But it's like they got it out of some sort of like rigid textbook without understanding, like, I understand the saddle height issue. I still don't know whether that happened or not or it didn't happen. Let's say it happened. The saddle, not, you're not allowed to move your saddle height without consulting eight different people. Like, they said you couldn't change your saddle height because a team of specialists set the saddle height earlier in the year in the off-season. Okay, I understand that. But you're not taking into account so many different things like the rider psychologically. If a rider, like, right, the, the mental game is like 80% of it. If they're thinking there's something wrong and you don't let them fix it, that's not a yeah. good situation. Second of all, people's bodies change. Symmetries change. How do you not know that his body, which is incredibly an incredibly important feedback mechanism, is telling you that those measurements no longer work because something in my body's changed or I have a muscular balance that's changed. So things like that, they kind of, and because you read all the, on Vila Flitz did a long interview with them, not recently, throughout the year about, you know, putting this question to them, Benji, like, yeah. how can you have a team where all the good young riders leave? And frankly, a lot of the answers were kind of unsatisfactory or lacked a fair bit of self-perspective which is that you know the riders are human and and it's not just the preparation stuff like that it's also like i look at they could get more wins out of these guys i feel like they don't even target like they'll send brenner and give him like an unrealistic goal or something like he's still yeah. a pretty good rider like i still think there's also some more realistic races or breakaways they could be sent to like Aronsman and the Vuelta. Do you feel like this team also hasn't handled the development of some riders, as well as, for example, a Bora? Because with Kian Uitebroeks, we saw him gradually improving across the year now already in one year, while Marco Brenner took so much longer to get to the level that he currently is at, because he also was sent to, mo to races where he got really weird moments that he had to do stuff on, because... I swear, Dauphiné 2021, not sure if it was 2021, where we saw Brenner just attacking on the most random moments where we know that if the attack happens there, it's going to be completely useless. And we saw that with Søren Kronos and quite a bit of well uh, throughout the last two years. So is there a factor where, I don't know, the team car just at random moments decide, oh, you can go, while well, it's a really stupid moment to attack. But in the development cycle... I feel like Bora is just doing much better than DSM. Their riders are actually making significant steps forward. Like Henry van der Nabela, I'm not that satisfied with his growth in 2021 and 2022. Like, am I asking this too early? I think, um, well, yes on Brenner. So Brenner like did 66 race days, which is quite a lot. Like on Yumbo most of them yeah. didn't do over 65 and that's experienced guys for the most part uh, and 
majority of his were at world tour level in serious races too, not just like Mickey Mouse races. Uh, and on mm-hmm. to your Vandenabeel point, I would say I don't know if again, you know, these guys might have had injuries or something. Yeah, I don't know, but they they're also picking up a lot of young guys who aren't Brenner the exception. They're not Keanu to Brooks. They're not Juan Ayuso. So yeah. should they be in a world tour team at twenty years old? If you're not really, really, really good, like. I'm not sure you should be. Um, and then kind of, they lost like Leo Hayter. Yeah, exactly. Because they were some, yeah. Leo Hay, wasn't Leo Hayter the guy that was angry at them for not sending him to the World Tour team yet last year? I don't know what happened. I, mean, I think there was a would. drama somewhere with a rider at DSM where the World Tour, I think DSM didn't want to step that rider up to their World Tour team I yet and the right. rider disagreed with it. I think it was Leo Hayter, but I'm not sure. They had to give the spot to um to Tim Narberman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it's you can give ten, twenty year old second year U twenty threes all seventy K a year, ten of them. Or you can give Juan Ayuso five hundred K for on a four year deal. Neo Pro 500k. It sounds no one will give what I use so 500k except maybe Machin or maybe it wasn't even 500. I don't know. It's extension now. To you're not getting paid 500k in 2028. I tell you that. But um, <laughs> you know the the top 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 talent is what wins race the biggest races overwhelmingly. Um, and I'm not sure there's an aggregate effect of getting 10 because like. A roundabout way of saying, I like a scattergun approach in a dev team where you get 12 to 15 nice riders and then two or three become really legit guys. Bang, up to World Tour, that's a dev team. That's what FDJ do, Gregoire and um, Lenny and Plowright. No, he's gone to Alveson. But anyway, you get my point. And Paleni? Does that ruin your point? (laughs) Who's that? That's also a guy that was sent to the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, anyway majority are good <laughs> no i'm sure he's quite good um i just i don't follow you 23 that closely but yeah it's just it's odd and i don't know if budgets can an issue like is budget a real problem um are they or is it not and they're overpaying dagen cobb and Bardet? i don't know because like evan let's talk about their transfers ska out Nikias aren't good rider out case bowl um, out apparently going to be a lead out at Astana for Cav Aronsman, one of their best riders out to Ineos Dens one or two of the Swiss stage out to Bora Casper Pedersen to be a lead out at Quickstep as beyond Cronus and retired Norton House is doing side cross and Donovan has gone to the uh, Q3 6.5 Italian dog rider team so yeah they're there's some pretty good riders out there. Best classics rider and their best GC prospect, but it's their best GC rider, their best GC prospect. Aaronsman's gone. Bevan, quite a, like, had a nice season, Benji, but he's over 30. Van Herker, 25. He ain't winning Paranese anytime soon. Edmondson from Bike Exchange, 
Only brought up from the dev team. Dinham's a good rider from Bridge Lane. Poole, Flynn, Anderson and Malese, they're all young guys from the dev team. But are you surprised like they brought in like Van Hoker and Edmondson? Where do they move the needle? Sean Van Hoek is not going to move the needle at DSM, in my opinion. Alex Edmondson also. Like, I swear Edmondson had like that one decent year, was it 2017 or something, where he was really performing decently. But ever since then, I haven't really heard about Edmondson at all. I forgot he existed. And if that's the case, then he's probably not performing very well. It's really the youngsters that intrigue me here. Like the Oscar Ronley, the guy was fighting Vingegaard at Crow Race, for example. Bevins, solid. As long as it's a one-year deal, which it isn't. He'd say three-year deal. And I'm not certain about that then, if it's a three-year deal when it comes to Bevan. So that's a danger for me. If it was a one-year deal or a three-year deal, I might be like, okay, it's still okay. But he's going to be 34 by then. He's going to retire at this team, basically. So I guess that's the thing. But we're talking about riders that left as well, eh? And if we take a look at those riders that left that you just spoke about, Adensman, they probably financially couldn't compete with to be able to keep him. But on the other end, they also kind of ruined the relationship with him a bit as well. It wasn't Adensman the guy that they had in breakaways a few times and then they pulled him back from breakaways and ended up winning the staging Grand Tours a few times. And then the one time he doesn't get pulled back, he almost wins a Giro stage and wins a Vuelta stage. So it's like they probably could have done better in that sense with Arendsman in those races could have kept that relationship up a better a better bull leaving is not the end of the world that's like okay he gets like one world tour stage within like every two years then Søren Kral Andersen is uh is a bummer it's good that Asbjørn Kral Andersen is retiring and not staying at the team because he's not worth of a world tour spot Søren Kral Andersen was the only reason that he existed at this team even though when they signed, Osbjorn was technically better than Søren. So I guess over time it became only because Søren Kralnesson was there that Osbjorn stayed. Donovan Nieuwenhuis, I'm not worried about. I think Nieuwenhuis is moving towards that, that cyclocross team because he wants to focus on that a bit more. The Balwaza Trek Lions team. Donovan, I'm not seeing that as a, a big mistake. Arndt leaving is also not the end of the world. Dens neither. Although Dens did win that Swiss stage, if I recall correctly. so. He can't compete for World Tour stages still. I think it's once again just like the riders that reached their potential, like an Adensman, is now leaving. And we've now gone back to riders that are in position one at their starting spot, like an Oscar Only and so forth, that are signed until 2027, though. So that's a good contract. And that kind of prevents the situation unless he leaves before the contract ends, which has happened already at DSM. That's a good contract, I think, right? I think they got to stop doing that. Like, what? letting riders leave. <laughs> yeah. like it, at what point, when you've set that precedent, does it just create more problems for you? The second... Listen, you can have a five-year contract with a high-performance athlete, high-pressure environment, there's going to be stressful moments. There's going to be disagreements. You know, could they could teams manage them better? Maybe, sure. Like, But if you create that out, especially for a talented rider where all the other teams are sniffing around, they're like, hey, oh, they, can't actually, they can't do that, actually, while they're under contract. They have to be allowed to leave first. But 
if the writer thinks, fuck it, um, I want to leave because I know they'll say they'll just say yes. Um, does that not create a worse cycle rather than a culture of we have to work this through, we honor the contract? Like, of course, you don't want to have like a toxic environment as well. I just, I think it's gone too far with the breaking the contracts. Like, at the end of the day, there's no point signing Oscar only to 2027 when it's not worth the paper it's written on. If when, if you're just going to let him leave when he's in his peak when he's 23, like, yeah. So maybe they need to change something about that. Um, but you're right. Like Dinham's 22, three-year deal till 25. He's a GC prospect, Australian. Um, he's quite a good rider. So I'd like to see how he yeah, goes. Pool, pool's very good too. Has Dinham gotten significantly better between 2021 and 2022? Because he got 12th in Avenir in 2021, 11th in 2022. Now he's kind of good enough to become 10th at Avenir, or do you think he can actually make that step up now? Because that's what he needs to do on getting to World Tour, eh? I feel like signing Dinam is the kind of rider that you want to have one more year at your dev team before you sign him. Yeah, he probably could could do with that. And race, let's see, he's not he's just raced two twos. He's not raced any any pro races from what I can see, not this year. So you're right. Could he benefit from doing two ones, one ones, maybe even some dot pros with the um he could do Giro de Cecilia. Like, is that a more natural progression than if he's banged straight into being like a Chris Hamilton role or something like that? Uh, is that is that best for his development as a GC prospect? Uh, I don't know. Um, but what does this team look like, Benji, in the classics? Denkolb, Neil Zekhoff, um, Kasper Van Uden. He's actually quite yeah. nice. And um, then we're already doubting it. Now we're already figuring out, ooh, this is quite difficult to form a full team in these races. And that's, I think, the problem with this team is that we've got that in multiple areas. Because if we go towards the Hill Classics as well, we're talking who's going to those races. And there's also a few options. Bardet, Leknesund, Avidaberg, for example. Uh, we see the options of a Brenner going to those races, perhaps. And then we're once again thinking, okay. By the way, Sean Flynn should probably go to the Cobble races as well. He's like a versatile sprinty type, but I think he might lean more towards the the ones with a tiny bit of cobbles as well in uh, the coming years. For Marka, I'm gonna keep on reminding he won in 2019 the U23 LBL, <laughs> but he hasn't really shown that that much since. Although he wasn't terrible this year, but just domestique decent not i can actually do something significant decent so once again hill classics would also work out for him he rode them this year dnf two of them got 87 at lbl so most likely because he was domestique in that race is what i would say they're already thinking who else can go we're already looking at the youngsters is a henry von der nabela going to ride the likes of flesh like he did this year for example what do we think about a hamilton doing Hill Classics is Hamilton going to go to oh, the Jesus. Giro instead? Can't we're scraping so, the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah, of course we're, we're clearly scraping <laughs> the bottom of the barrel, and we're also going to do the same for for the Grand Tours. Let's be honest about it, because then we go towards the actual stage races, the Giro, for example. Dainese for the sprints. That's it. Are they going to the Tour de Vuelta for me? Yeah, has to. They don't have an Ardennes one, so Marco Brenner to the Giro. 
Uh, I don't know what to do with Wilson. Should you use him as a super lead out for Dainese? I reckon not a bad role for him. Um, Welter? Sprints. Yeah, well, Wellsford would go for his own chances in the Welter. Um, I would just do some classics. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Like Van Denebele and some other yeah. guys for the Giro. Why not send Matthew Dinham and Brenner? May the strongest survive. Send. I want you to send Dinham, Brenner, Only, Poole, um, <laughs> that Fred, the child that's in high school that's on the UAE team. Can we get some fourteen-year-olds doing the Giro? I reckon they get through it. Um, that Ukrainian <laughs> kid did like eighty race days on that drone. Love it. Um, what about? Yeah. So yeah, and then Tour de France will be Hamilton supporting Bardet. They will be going for a podium. It's very hard, but that's what the target will be. Um, Even if top five, the park is the parkour. Yeah, top five is realistic because the parkour is really good for Bardet. Yep. He was really good this year um, with some bad luck. So it's an it's a nice parkour for him. Maybe Davenport there is, I don't know, Ruler or something. Bevan there is Ruler. Does Bevan do the Giro as a versatile sprinter, Benji? Like can win from a reduced group in a break? I think, and lead out Dainese. I think that works too because he can't really do classics. So send to the Giro. Yeah, quite true. And he's also relatively decent at time trials, although the last few years I don't recall seeing that anymore. I swear that he had like a Velta time, time trial back in his CCC days. That was strong on rolling hills. But yeah, we're once again starting to uh, scrape the bottom of the barrel and as a case for the majority of the disciplines for this team. So I think the most important goals are simple though. They want Bardet to try in top five, if not podium, the Tour de France. Similar stuff at the Vuelta. They're going to try and go for stage wins at the Giro and in other Grand Tours as well because Bardet doesn't necessarily deserve an entire team around him, I would dare to say. In the Classics, hoping that someone moves forward and hoping that every youngster makes a tiny bit of a step forward so that they're a stronger team next year. And I think Brenner is the one that they are currently hoping can step up because he almost won a Vuelta stage in 2021. So I think he can win a Grand Tour stage this year. So... I'll give you a prediction that you can already guarantee this will happen. Andreas Lechnerson will have his peak career year. He will. Yep. We've not spoken about him much. He will turn into a million euro a year rider like Aronsman. Be that through. He's a little bit more breakaway engine type, but you get my message. He'll win a couple of World Tour races or top 10 GC at a World Tour race, a couple of them. Um, if he improves his climbing a little bit, everyone's like, oh, Andreas Lechnerson, very nice. He's out of contract. He'll leave. 23. Another team yeah. will get him from 24 to 28 in that peak window. That's uh, like that's likely to happen. Him. Pardon? You know, X needs to re-sign him. You know, another team that likes to sign Norwegians. Yeah. Yeah. But um, also next to that, I think a lot of teams will be intrigued by Lechnison because he's not just that guy in Hill Classics. I think he also has that engine to be able to actually do a mountain train functionality in some shape. He's or so form. good. Now, <laughs> I really I'm like not him. sure about his. I'm not sure about his like long climb performances when he comes to mountain train. But is he? I might have an out there take. 
Is hij B-Tech Tobias Vos? Um, I've never really seen Vos sort of do what he did in Arctic Race. That was quite impressive yeah. from the breakaway. I know it was Arctic Race, but then the Swiss stage. Yeah, it's similar. It's similar size. Like they are like 72 to 74 kilos, six foot plus, Norwegian. You're right. There is a lot of similarities. Like, again, you know, he came 11th in Paranese, but he lost three minutes 23 on Torini, finishing behind yeah. Ugo Ull. No offense to the man. He went to the France stage, but <laughs> Ugo Ull's not. No, but Ugo Ull's not a GC contender. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I think you've got to be very careful. There's a big risk with a rider like that signing him to GC contender money when the Watts per kilo just don't. Like, that's just not his strength. I'd like him to lean into his strength, which is something a little bit different. I think he could be an insane stage race ruler for a high-level team, plus do some other things and with a TT setup, who knows, and maybe Ardennes as well. So I really like Lechnesund. Um and it'll be tough for them to keep him uh, if other teams come with money, uh, I think. But yeah, any any other predictions for, for DSM Benji for the next year or next three years? or Yeah. I think I like your take when it comes to Lechnesund. I, um, I think I also think Brenner will make that step forward that we are looking for. When it comes to the rest of the team, I'm pretty high on Kasper van Uden. I think he's a, a real thing when it comes to that. I also, I don't know, like, Pavel Bittner is also such a curious case because he's a talented young sprinter, but... He'll get thrown he into E3 and have no chance. That well. Yeah, but he also hasn't performed that well in 2022. So, was he even worth signing for their World Tour team yet? I'd say not yet, even though I'm super hyped on having another Czech rider in World Tour because they're very limited at the moment with Roman Kreuziger and so forth. Having gone recently, well, not so recently, two or three years ago, but I don't know. There's just so many youngsters that need to stay, make a step up to be able to perform something. And right now, that's not the case yet. I'm also looking, hoping to see Wiedeberg making a, a step forward and so forth. Just, ah, uh, Sean Flynn will top five envelope. Who? Sean Flynn. <laughs> Shawlton's quite a nice rider. I mean, like again, yeah, but- like, all these, all these young guys are lot, like quite a nice rider. Some of them aren't. Like some of them aren't that good, and it's like, why are they on the team? But yeah, I, this is not a dev team. This is World Tour. They're the heavy favorite to get relegated unless something changes, uh, because they're not capitalizing when they do develop the guys to then have three or four or five riders really scoring fifteen hundred or a thousand plus points. Yeah. Because they leave? Because um, they leave, yeah. They maybe <laughs> score 600, 700, and then you don't get two, three years of them really scoring the big points. So even if Bardet does do well, which he, I think he will do quite nicely, yeah. you know, maybe fifth at the tour or something, fifth at the tour, uh, sixth at flesh, third at flesh even, or good in, in Amstel or Liège. I like Bardet, but... He can't, even if he scores 2,000 points, someone else needs to score the points. So, 
yeah, and and they don't do the intermarche, the RK, or the Cofidis farming schedules either. So if that doesn't change next year, they're in trouble um, from a points perspective. And if you get into a hole, it's it's tough to come out, especially when you're trying to sign or re-sign guys and you're looking like you're going to be relegated. And now maybe some agents know that relegation exists. Perhaps that could influence contracts uh, in the future. So... You know it's unfortunate, but I think that's a really big concern and a problem for for this team. But maybe, maybe Pavel Bittner, Casper Van Uden, and Wellsford, like maybe they'll really smash like a dot pro semi classic schedule, and it'll be fine. I don't know. Um, I'd like to see that. But yeah, that's DSM Benji. Do you reckon? Do you reckon any management changes? Meh. I don't know. I don't think so. No. Down with the ship. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps. All right. That's the DSM and Intermarche combined preview. Intermarche, if there's any, if you're a DSM fan, if there's any consolation, Intermarche show how quickly you can go from zero to hero in World Tour. A team we sort of derided maybe 18 months ago as not a very good team at all, bought the CCC license, skipping the queue. I derided. With, with the performance manager of Sunweb. No? What happened? Visbeek? Oh, was he at Sunweb? I think Ike Visbeek was at Sunweb back Jeez. in it. Am I stupid? Can they buy him back? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've turned my positive into a real... That makes it worse. That makes it so much worse. Um, <laughs> he exited well, in 2019? If you can find the guy who was on your team who turned into Marche completely around, <laughs> if we're getting him all the credit, then you can you can come back and it's all good. You know, three years is a long time. No need to worry. Like, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that can happen. It does. Well, to a, teams get good and bad really quickly. Um, you never know. It changes a lot. Um, I'm trying to be upbeat here. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. As always, we are waiting with bated breath, looking at clock tick tock, where this Cavendish announcement is. We will have the Klaxon Sound emergency podcast for that. Um, might even be uploaded before this if it's if it happens on Twitter from Astana, if they get their act together, if he goes there. But anyway, thanks for listening as always. Thanks to Zwift, and we'll see you in the next one. Ciao.